0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for solar owners and industry, with Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Clenergy, providers of innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Sunwiz, Australia's leading service provider to the solar and storage industry. And Solar Analytics, helping solar retailers deliver more value, win happier customers and generate more sales through referrals and upsell.
1: Hello, and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy, and as well as One Step Off the Grid and the EV-focused the Driven, and I'm back interrupting my week of holidays just to get together with Nigel Morris from Sol- Solar Analytics. Nigel, you can see I'm out of practice. I've been away
2: for four days and forgotten everything. How are you? Yes, oh, yes, yes, yeah. Well, you know, it's. I think it's great that you had a break. You're a hardworking man, you know, with with you know juggling, 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 juggling. So I'm glad you had a break. I'm just fine. It's great to be back, and um, I'm just going to get it out of my system right now. I have a Harley Livewire in the garage. I'm surprised you're not sitting on it, Nigel. I would have thought there was some way you could actually sit in the hot on the live
1: way, um and and do this podcast, but I guess you're probably just sleeping on a little night, so um.
2: yeah, don't joke about it. I actually thought i could I could log on and I could just do the whole podcast on the bike. Uh, that uh, that was tempting. But, yeah, oh, dear. Um, from our initial discussions, um, it sounds like you like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Superlatives don't do, a f- I mean, I don't get to ride a lot. No one gets to ride a lot of $50,000 motorbikes, Giles. And when you ride a $50,000 motorcycle, firstly, it's a $50,000 motorcycle, people. It's sick in every aspect. Secondly, it is one of the most advanced electric motorcycles in the world. In the world. I mean, the, the more I ride, I'll, I'll save it for later. It's sick. It's, it's so sick. sick. It's sick. It's, it's so not sick. the word
1: you used before, but I'm glad you used sick anyway. So, <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's great. Um, just out of just out of curiosity, though, like a fifty thousand dollar motorcycle. I mean, is there such a thing in the petrol in, in the petrol world for motorcycles? Or, and what do you get? Is that is that with the sort of, the, you know, the full size TV screen and the surround sound speakers? Or um, what oh you- my goodness,
2: it, it, you know, I I think I wrote in one of the articles I wrote when I re- initially uh, test rode the live wire, It's not Harley's most expensive bike. Their most expensive bike is sixty-five thousand dollars, right? So it is not their most expensive bike. A, B. I did the rough numbers. I reckon about three or four hundred bikes a year are sold in Australia that are more than fifty thousand or fifty thousand dollars and above. Ducatis, Aprilias. You you can buy a lot of very very exotic and expensive bikes if you hunt around and they are available and i reckon three or four hundred a year are sold in australia so um you know for those lucky three or four hundred people go buy one (laughs) this is the electric harley just just to make
1: it absolutely clear but look we're going to come back to that at the end of the episode because we must talk about the subject at hand and the title of this podcast which is solar insiders um Mm turns out, Nigel, that solar is cheaper than um, existing coal generators in many countries, and particularly China, um, um, Europe, I think we already knew about, um, mm-hmm. and most other places. So um, not quite a tipping point um, because, you know, people invest in a couple of years' horizons, but... Um, not a great look for the coal industry thinking that they're going to be, you know, China's going to continue building coal-fired power stations. And if solar is cheaper than the existing coal supply, then um, as soon as they get around to actually building more solar and more wind, then um, um, that'll probably be a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Look, historic low prices all around the world and, and you know, report after report. After a report coming out saying that, you know, renewables and particularly rooftop solar is um, incredibly, incredibly low cost. Um, and, you know, we will touch on this, I'm sure, as we get through the episode. But, um, you know, prices in Australia at the moment are at, are at staggeringly low lows as well um, and uh, and around the world as, as you highlight. So, um, yep. Uh, good times for renewables.
1: Absolutely. And as you did, um, um, interviewed Martin Green in your Great Solar Business podcast, Um, if you hadn't already listened to that one, do listen to that because Martin explains how and why um, prices will fall even further. Although it should be noted, um, Nigel, that there's a few little um, hiccups at the moment with prices of raw raw material, particularly with steel and other things like that. So, um, I mean, that's not sort of, Having a major impact on the cost of solar, but it's kind of arresting its decline at the moment. Um, and you'll always get these sort of bumps and things like that. The old solar coaster, as we talk about, but um, yes, there's, there's been a few sort of issues um, on that front.
2: There, there certainly have, and and you know, um, I think you chatted with Rami Fedder um, from Solar Juice recently, uh, and I was chatting with him yesterday actually, and he highlighted the fact that, uh, you know, at the moment. Solar panel prices in Australia are, are extraordinarily low because of a combination of factors, including a, a, a little bit of a a glut of oversupply caused by late deliveries and blah, 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 blah and other things. But, you know, the cost of freight's going through the roof. Yeah, the freight, the cost of a container's gone from like two grand to eight grand or something, right? It's it's enormous. Tripping. Yeah, yeah. Enormous changes in freight. Delays and and, you know, early stock, late stock. Uh, suppliers saying, well, you've got to take this stock because we've got a contract, so take it, take it, take it. And with soft demand, that means that, you know, people are overstocked, so that means they start trying to move that stock, which means they're prepared to go potentially below uh, cost. Uh, so there's all sorts of uh, – the, the way that Rami described it in a Facebook post and chatting with me was there is blood everywhere at the moment, and it is a very, very tough environment, particularly for the wholesalers. So support your wholesalers, dealers. Um and um, yeah, it's very very tough out there, and and the forecast from almost everybody is from around the end of July uh, into August. Prices have to go up for solar panels; they just have to. When the existing glut of stock is is moved through the market, and we're moving into new stock that's landed or has been purchased recently or, or, or whatever, it, it, the prices are going to go up. Um, now that m- that won't change prices for end users materially um but it is certainly going to push the price of solar up locally um so um yeah that's another that's a thing to watch over the next month or so Mm
1: -hmm. and a solar panel well there's been a few on the roof of parliament house but they made it inside parliament house finally um chris bowen waved one around in the um, house of representatives um Jeez, um, look, it was it was a good thing for the um, current energy spokesman Chris Bowen to do, and I just point out that Chris Bowen will be appearing on Energy Insiders next week. Um, oh, excellent! And, yeah, it is excellent. But I'm just wondering why it took. It was three years ago since when the then treasurer Scott Morrison waved around his lump of coal in Parliament. I'm just wondering why it took Labor three years to actually um, <laughs> to, to respond with a solar panel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. Don't be afraid, coalition. Don't be afraid, Chris Bowen, as he said. Uh, this is renewable energy. Don't be afraid. What a great quote! I love it. It's it's a great quote. Yeah. Um. And well, it, unfortunately, with the return of
1: Barnaby Joyce and the um very in- increasingly loud Matt Canavan, um, and uh, Keith Pitt, um. Yeah, it does seem, well, I don't know whether they're afraid, they just don't like the damn things, but um, quite extraordinary. Um, I would like to point out that Labor's solar panel did not come from the Minerals Council of Australia, it came from the Smart Energy Council, so just as another point of difference with the coalition. Um, There you go. So, um, and I just also should point out that um, Adam Bant did actually hold up a solar panel in Parliament House, um, House of Parliament, back in 2017. But it was good that Labor um, finally followed suit to um, to make a point. And it's a point that they should actually make a lot more often. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the future. Um, let's just get the transition right. There's let's, jobs. Let's get on and with benefits. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Talking about getting on with it, um, renewable energy has been sending down electricity prices, wholesale electricity prices anyway, quite dramatically over the last year throughout the whole country. Mm. But something's been happening in the last month, Nigel. Um, very high prices in the electricity market. Some local retailers, including our local one, Enova, um, have been um, protesting loudly about mm. um, what appears to be, you know,
2: <laughs> you
1: know. Um, I think gaming's sort of like a um, gaming. A- gaming's the word the A Triple C used. Oh, well, there you go. Gaming it is then. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's pretty damn obvious. I mean, if you go back five years ago, Sun Metals, the uh, zinc producer in northern Queensland, one of the biggest um, energy consumers in that state, pushed um, first pushed through this thing about five-minute trading because they wanted to stop the gaming of the market and this ridiculous pattern where basically all of a sudden there's scarcity, comma quote, unquote, in the market. So the gas producers and the diesel producers and the hydro producers suddenly can't find any capacity. They yep. wait for the second five-minute period and the 30-minute um, bidding thing to send prices up to the cap. And then all of a sudden, everything's available in the next five-minute period because they're all falling over each other, trying to grab a, a share of the booty. And it just seems to be that they've just done exactly that in the last five or six weeks. It just seems to me to be incredibly blatant. I mean, it is a a, a use or abuse of market power, Um Quite extraordinary. Um, I don't know whether this is a last swong song before five-minute trading comes into effect in October, whether it's just a ruse to push up prices before the end of the uh, financial year so any um, regulated prices do not increase so much um, next financial year or they're just doing it because they can and they want to and bugger the consumer.
2: Yeah, I think this is a really interesting one because it it kind of talks to a whole lot of points. One, it's the kind of you know the massive changes that are going on in the retail market and how competitive it is, but b, the sort of complexities in the trading side of it. And I have to admit, I can't wait for the next edition of energy insiders because I'm sure you and David will jump on this with gusto and and you know reveal what's really going on. But when the A triple C comes out and says, "Yes, we agree, we think Snowy Hydro is worthy of investigation for gaming the market. And and effectively what they did was they failed to turn on generation. They've got gas-fired generators that they could have turned on, but instead they held them out of the market and and which which effectively drove the cap up. Then they bid them in at the market cap price, which is fifteen thousand dollars a megawatt out, it's fairly expensive energy. Um you know, and, and so it was a clear case. And and what is intriguing to me is that Snowy Hydro are a government-owned generator. They're manipulating the market to make more money, which punishes energy consumers when when it's all said and done. And, and what was even more intriguing to me was that the COO admitted, and this is, I, I quote, quite frankly, we're not in the business of managing somebody else's customers' financial business. We're in the business of managing our own, i.e., if we can make money for our shareholders, we will. Energy consumers be damned. Thank you very much. That's essentially what he said. And it highlights that the government is, is an incredibly compromised position owning Snowy Hydro because they, they, they on the one hand, are saying, well, we want to keep energy competitive. But on the other hand, they own an entity that is now being investigated by their own department, the ACCC, for gaming the system and driving the price up. So, you know, I think this is a really interesting Point to watch because a uh, story to watch because you know I don't think it can continue, I you know something has to give here and and I think the government is culpable. You'll need to press the uh, mute button there, Giles. I suspect. Oh,
1: I was just taking a natural pause in the conversation, sure. Nigel. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Look I agree with what you're saying <laughs> I agree with what you're saying um, it like the mute button electricity is an essential service and they seem to have forgotten that um it's um look, it's actually quite extraordinary. And remember, this is what yes. happened in South Australia back in two thousand and seventeen. After the system black that was followed up in February by more um blackout. Was more sort of load shedding. It was about ninety thousand customers, um that were affected affected, um, more than needed to be because somebody pressed the wrong button. But the other thing that happened at that time was that the um the biggest uh, gas generator. Um, in South Australia, wasn't switched on because mm-hmm. they couldn't. Same reason. Well, we're not, you know, not up to us to bail other people out. And you're just thinking, hang on, um, you're on a central service. Um, electricity is kind of essential. Um, switch the bloody thing on when it's needed, if you don't mind. Um, so, um, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they don't get out of bed for less than fifteen thousand dollars. That's the laughable <laughs> thing about um, about this new gas generator, at Curry Curry. Uh, not only does oh, it it's make extraordinary so much, so much commercial sense that um, snowy hydro wouldn't wouldn't touch it, so the taxpayer's got a fork for cut for it in a in a place of block of land which is owned by people with connections um doesn't even have any gas connections So will are burning diesel for the first six months at least um oh, but the whole just thing is just um just unbelievable um,
2: it's yeah. bringing what I like it's it's like um. It's just bringing it all onto the – it's making it so visible, right, all of this stuff and this big transition that we've got going on. It's just making all of this so visible to everybody and so transparent to everyone. And, you know, I think back, Giles, to, you know, five years ago or, or let alone 10 or more years ago. We didn't really have insight into this stuff. The, the, the data wasn't available. The information wasn't available. We didn't have some of the great widgets and information that that pushed data out onto, the, uh, onto websites like you have on yours with uh, uh, the NEM data. We didn't have visibility of all of this stuff. We didn't have people in renewables who understood how this really, really complex energy market that we do have actually operates, and now we have all that visibility and we have a bunch of experts and a, and a bunch of companies uh, full of experts in the renewable space who are going, hang on, we can see what you're doing. We can see how this market works, and um, it's, it's actually not right. It's actually not right.
1: The widget reveals all. That's
2: what I say. <laughs> the um...
1: <reveals> as, <laughs> as they say. The widget reveals. I think we've got a title for another podcast. Um. <laughs> Yeah, look, hilarious. Oh, look, another person just got up the driveway to make a collection and just gone back down the driveway again. Well, at least they didn't speed, but that's probably because they're just smoking what they just purchased. Anyway, never mind, um, I'll move on. Um, you can see we've got problems with the neighbours. Um, um, ACCC still has, seems to have problems with solar, though. They're sort of complaining about you know the impact of um, uh, high electricity prices on uh low income households and the fact that mm. solar households benefit by having lower prices and um this is unfair because the poorer households is cross subsidizing the um, the solar households, and you just think guys please um it 's actually written in your own report that solar is actually bringing down wholesale prices and has done so quite um, comprehensively and quite compellingly over the last couple of years and if uh, low-income households do not have access to solar, that is not the fault of the solar industry it's probably more the fault of the various way that this um thing has been managed so um it it, it grates on me to see them speaking in those terms um but there you go there you mm-hmm. go let's hope mm-hmm. they make a decent investigation of this um this sort of this gaming in the market this sort of scarcity that's occurred in new south wales compounded by the fact i should remind people that the Kaloid um, um, Coal power, power Power Station blew up, exploded in Queensland, and the um, and floods have basically taken out the um, the Ylorn coal generator Ylorn. in Victoria. Mm. So, mm. Um, um,
2: yes, there you go. Yeah, that reliable mm. baseload. Mm. Reliable mm. baseload. That's right. Mm. Yeah, mm. I I love still, that reliable baseload.
1: I still can't get over the fact that George Christensen actually published a photo on his Facebook page showing a, um, a pretty bad sort of mocked up thing of a coal power power coal power plant exploding and saying this is why we need more coal fired power stations you're just going you don't <laughs> even do irony do you? I mean you know it's 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 unbelievable. And people just go, Yeah. Anyway yeah. <sighs> Take me through some crap solar Nigel.
2: Yeah well I don't have heaps this week but there was one interesting... Actually
1: I'm gonna stop you right there. Oh. I'm gonna stop you right there. Yes okay go We're ahead. Gonna- we're gonna have a message from our sponsors.
0: The energy world is rapidly changing. Solar Analytics will give you the data to navigate this new energy landscape. Solar Analytics helps solar businesses save time and deliver better service to their customers by assuring their savings. Their hardware is incredibly flexible and fast to install on residential and commercial applications. And their software provides a rich user interface and satellite data with smart algorithms for simple automated performance monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, connect with your solar and make the most of your home energy. And of
1: course, we'd like to thank all our sponsors, Solar Analytics, Clenergy, and SunWiz for their ongoing and continued support of this podcast. Um, You were saying,
2: Nigel, you don't have a lot, but it better be good. Well, actually, now that you reminded me, and because I'm a sponsor, I'm going to skip Crap Solar for one second. I'm going to go back to exciting good solar news because, uh, and this is a scoop for you because we haven't actually even made this public, Giles, but we are in the, uh, we've moved from Alpha Trials to Beta Trials and are getting ready to launch A new inverter integration at Solar Analytics, uh, which is actually pretty exciting because it's another way of pulling data from another device and doing smart stuff in the network and, you know, delivering more value for customers to help them get more from their solar. So we're actually just quietly, we're about to announce an integration with Fronius inverters. We've already talked about the Sungrow inverter integration that we've been doing. And um, just just, uh, for listeners who are on board, we have a pilot trial going on with Fronius. And um, we have another huge announcement that I'm going to wait another couple of weeks to make about a new service, a new function that we can deliver, which is going to even put more value in customers' um, pockets. So um, there is some cool stuff going on, putting aside all the energy market stuff. We've got some cool stuff going on about how to uh, help customers save more, which is what we're all about.
1: Terrific. Well done, and congratulations. We'll look forward mm. to hearing more details um, mm. as it's rolled out,
2: particularly mm. this trial. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be super cool, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, some crap solar. Um, worth mentioning that uh, last week, actually... A solar company got pinged, and I'm going to say the name because it was public. It's a Community Energy Group Trading as Space Solar, who had to plead guilty in the Melbourne Magistrates Court a week or so back for a charge of failing to provide supervision necessary for employees to perform their work safely and without risk to health. Uh, health. Um, the short version was that um, uh, the company was busted for basically leaving an untrained. Uh, apprentice on site to do a whole lot of electrical work that they shouldn't have been required to do. Um, They are required to install electrical cables and live switchboard, installing solar panels without edge protection on double-story property. It's a recipe for... Hurting or, or worse, um, young, innocent um, uh, electrical apprentices who are just trying to do the right thing. And um, you know, I, I don't know Space Solar or a Community Energy Group, but please um, take a lesson from this. We hope that um, they might change their their systems and their processes as a result of this. It's great to see um, uh, Solar Victoria. And uh, the the relevant agencies, uh, uh, um, you know, taking action on these kinds of things. There's a lot of talk and scuttlebutt on the forums about the pressure that installers are feeling, and you know, most often it's heard from the smaller installers. And uh, I know Space Solar are, are, are a fairly large entity, so it's good to see some of the larger entities being held to account, uh, like the smaller ones are too. And um, let's hope that everyone does the right thing and look after your people, people.
1: Absolutely, no, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, hmm. Hmm. mate. Um, we might have to go back to where we started: electric motorcycles. Um, first of all, let's just pass by uh, the New South Wales government and their electric vehicle subsidies. um yes. that they rolled out um, about a week ago, um, and in the budget, um, look fantastic. And congratulations to all involved. Um, Energy Environment Minister, Matt Keane, who drives a Model 3, Transport Minister, um, Andrew Constance, and um, whoever else was involved. Um, Coming from a coalition government, $3,000 subsidy. Um, What else we got? Stamp duty exemption, um, rights to travel in sub-priority lanes at certain times of the day. Um, lots of charging in, infrastructure investments. So no one in the city is more than five kilometers away from a fast charger, which will help people who can't do trickle charging at home. And a deferral of the inevitable road tax until at least after EVs are well established. So 27,
2: 19, 2020,
1: um, This is so, great news. This is great.
2: This is such good news because, you know, I actually looked on a charge map this morning and went, righto, I happen to have, and we'll get to this story, but I happen to have a bike that's capable of, a motorcycle that's capable of uh, DC fast charging. And I went, righto, charge map and uh, charge Fox and NRMA and blah, 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 jumped on all the maps. Do you reckon I can find a fast charger where I want to ride? No, there isn't mm. one. There isn't one between here and, more or less, Newcastle, there is a gaping void of, of missing um, fast charging facilities. And, um, you know, uh, whether it's a car or a motorcycle, this is much needed good news. And, um, you know, uh, being the fortuitous uh, uh, holder of a rather expensive electric vehicle at the moment, um, any subsidy to help bring down the cost of this technology while it's being introduced is insanely welcome. So that's it's just good news on good news on good news and good on the New South Wales government for not doing the stupid thing that the Victoria didn't go, uh, Victorian government did and penalising EV owners. Absolutely, yes, yes.
1: I'm, 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 I'm slightly aggrieved because I could have actually bought my Ted, my Tesla uh, now for about ten thousand dollars less than what I paid for it two years ago. But um, um, I probably evened out and sort of saved 10000 dollars in the meantime because um, I've done sixty thousand Ks and basically haven't paid a cent in, in any sort of charging. So um, that's actually
2: been worthwhile. Well, the medium and, adopters, uh, thank you for being an early adopter, Giles. <laughs> um, we thank I'm you.
1: Do, do, do electric bikes get a refund? I don't, I don't actually know whether that's included.
2: I bloody <laughs> hope so. I bloody hope so.
1: We'll try and clarify that with the New South Wales government. That's a good so look, topic you, of conversation. It,
2: it's, been, it's been an electric bike week
1: for you, um, oh, Nigel. Um, oh, oh, my
2: goodness. Look,
1: we've already talked about the Harley. Let's talk about the evoke first because um, it's quite funny. We talked about Matt Canavan and um, Keith Pitt, and um, they all come from around central Queensland. Um, I caught up initially with these two blokes who are uh, distributing the Evoke, um, uh, Peter and Chris um, distributing the Evoke electric motorcycle in Australia. They, on a round, well, I don't think it's around Australia anymore. I think it's about as far as New South Wales and they might have to head back um, mm-hmm. because of the uh, the COVID restrictions. Um, uh, they're from Rockhampton, Love, winter Solar, all for the transition, which just goes to show reckon most people in Rockhampton are, despite their political representatives. And, um, I got a little go on the Evoque. They had a bit of a giggle because I'm not a very experienced rider. And I heard there was an incident with a brash turkey. (laughs) With a brash turkey? Well, he couldn't hear me, so he just came straight out in front of me. and (laughs) I just thought, I hope you move, mate, because I've got no idea how to change direction in this thing. (laughs) um, And he got across the road. Just quick enough to avoid catastrophe. Excellent. And, uh, I can't remember now whether it was Chris or Peter behind me um, riding, and uh, they were just laughing the whole way. anyway, <laughs> I was wobbling <laughs> up and down the hill and wobbling back down. And, um, and I may just saw this brush turkey coming across and thought, oh dear. Oh, uh, dear. And he, well, he, I can um, visualise it
2: in my head. Uh, you, fairly uh, tall gentleman, yes, uh, on one of these Evokes, uh, kind of trying to you know evade a brush turkey at speed. Uh, on that road, I can visualise that. It's it's a vision. It's a vision.
1: I think at speed is a very generous description of what I was doing at the time. But anyway, never mind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> weren weren't, weren't Peter and Chris great? They, they, they're they really busting uh, busting their backsides to, you know, get electric mobility into the world in the form of two wheels. They love motorcycles. They love uh, everything renewable. And, you know, they've really, um, you know, gone above and beyond to, you know, build this business up, evoke Electric Motorcycles Australia, and doing an East Coast tour, which has run us into, into some troubles. In fact, the day that they were here with me on, Wednesday, we had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day, <laughs> pretty, pretty cold start at 6.37am down in the shed, uh, getting the getting the gear on and heading off to uh, a wonderful spot uh, that was drenched in fog and, and and it was a very, very cold start to the day, but we got some awesome footage, which is going to make a great little video, I think, and um, spent a wonderful morning um, thrashing around on, on these Evoke bikes. So I got to ride uh, three different electric bikes that morning. Which is Whoa. which is as good as it gets from in my book. In fact, I was just pinching myself the whole time, going, "Yeah, can't believe this is what I do." Um, and um, you know, a couple of great guys who are really committed to the cause. I think the short version is the Evoke represents a really nice mid-range bike, and there's room for bikes. There's there's room for a you know, there's room for a cheap, crappy bike. The the Evoke is not in that class. It is, and then there's a mid-range bike which is you know affordable for more people. Um, not not super decked out not super you know bristling in 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 everything uh not super high end but still a very very nice bike and then of course you move up into um you know the higher class of bikes that are you know less less accessible so i think it's really great that these guys are working hard to bring a more affordable bike to the market that has a really nice performance level i had a ball on it um got a little bit squirrely um which you always you got, have a, a, bit, to you want got to- a bit you got a bit what a bit squirrely. What's that mean, Nigel? That just... means when you're fanging around a corner and you get the back end just a little bit, you know, it's just sort of squirreling up and just wiggling around a little bit because the power's coming on, and that's what you want. You want the ability to get a bit squirrely. Was was
1: was 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 uh, was, was our cameraman on the back of the bike at that stage,
2: or is that is that the point in time when he left the bike? there was well there was, there was multiple <laughs> occasions it was a fun morning let's just say it was a fun morning everything was done legally everything was under the speed limit of course but uh yeah, so there's a i've started writing a blog um uh which which is a kind of a more detailed thing we've got a podcast coming up with the guys where we're going to go into you know how they tripped over this and kind of fell into this business really and it's some, actually, it's uh, actually a great story it is story. it is it's an amazing story and they're really really hard working really Committed and a lovely couple of guys, so we wish them the best. And, um, and the video footage is just going to be beautiful, I think. So, um, yeah, so evoke electric motorcycles.
1: Yeah, look, I I'd, I'd just really, look, I'm not much of a motorcycle rider, as they found out, um, that morning. But look, it was a <laughs> turkey, turkey, turkey. Thanks <laughs> you, <laughs> the turkey thanks me. That's right. If I had been going faster, there'd be um, one less turkey in the world, mm-hmm. um, and possibly one less um, renewable energy in it, in it as well. um Yes, but um no look I really enjoyed it. It was um it's just um, look, it's like every electric vehicle, instant torque and, and really quiet. Um it's mm. just it's great and people are just quite surprised to see you go past without making an absolute racket. So um Yep. Yeah, but then but then but you then. did um but then you oh, sort God. of um went from a, a fourteen, fifteen thousand dollar bike to a
2: fifty thousand dollar bike and um I get the impression that it was um it was better. well you would you would hope so you know i could buy four evokes for the price of a live wire uh almost um but yeah suffice to say um uh, uh bless you giles i'm permanently and forever indebted to you for you know saying hey the harley guys have got a bike that they might want someone to just flog senseless for two weeks would you like it um i Don't think I could drop everything and race across to uh, to Lane Cove to Harley HQ to pick this bike up fast enough. Uh, (laughs) In fact, I think there was trouble with my kids. And, you know, one of the kids is in trouble at school. Yeah, yeah, screw them. Uh, I'm off to Harley Davidson to pick up this live wire. They can sort themselves out. So suffice to say, uh, I have. I don't think that's going to win you the Good Parenting Award. It won't. But, you know, they both went, oh, dad. Oh, Dad! Look when 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 I opened when I rolled up the shed door and they saw this thing, it was it's pretty interesting when you show a thirteen year old and a seventeen year old, both my boys, um, who who are at home when you show them a Harley Live Wire and they look at it and they go, "Oh, wow, wow!" Yeah. and they really they could see you could you could actually see them seeing that this is their destiny not not necessarily because it was a motorcycle but because it was electric right and 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 because they could see that this is what was laid out for them to come in the future should they choose to ride a motorcycle and and so that was the most interesting aspect for me um, they taught me a lot of things about the bike instantly. They, uh, I started f- messing around with buttons and, and they went, oh dad, it'll be touchscreen and it started hitting the screen. I didn't even know it was touchscreen and, you know, got the screen doing all sorts of interesting things. My 17 year old started diving into the programming functions and unleashing all this stuff that I didn't even know was there. And so, yeah, so I have a, I have the laborious task, Giles, of riding a live wire every day for 14 days. And so you get you from know, just pity me, just pity me.
1: And, and you get from naught to sixty kilometers an hour in how many seconds? Well, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I haven't timed it, but it'll be naught to a hundred in three. Yeah. I reckon naught to a hundred is probably under a second. Under a second. So 0 to sixty, you mean not to sixty
1: in, in under, a second. under and a second. One and then nine to a second. Oh, that um that must it's give a you a bit- lot of ple- that must give you a lot of pleasure at um at at, uh, at, uh, at it
2: does give yeah, me a lot of life. Life. it does give me a lot of pleasure if I'm honest you know it is addictive it is addictive to just be out the lights see you know we can use bus lanes as motorcyclists in uh, almost all occasions and to be able to just kind of bypass the traffic get in the bus lane and just go boom and 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 as long and as long as it took me to make that stupid noise i'm in front of the traffic i'm at 60 k's an hour and then because it's a fifty thousand motorbike i'll just go oh, i'll put the cruise control on bang, and it'll just <laughs> sit on 60 k's an hour, and i don't lose my license um so yeah no uh, sublimely impressed as my as my 13 uh, year old said um um it's actually it, it's really interesting because Harley-Davidson has spun out the Livewire brand now so it's still part of Harley-Davidson but they're going to run it as a separate business um they're going to drop the traditional Harley-Davidson logo and 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 spin it out as the Livewire um which is a really interesting move which I, I and I was talking to my 13-year-old about that actually and he, and according to him it's um it's pretty logical and pretty simple because the Harley-Davidson brand is associated with crusty old dogs um, but Livewire needs to appeal to simple young men. And I thought that was a really good analysis of why they've spun it out. So um, I'm, uh, I'm going to try and straddle the territory between crusty old dogs and simple young men for another, uh, another 12 days, Giles. Do they have to be simple?
0: Well, the, you know
2: simple in the sense that they just want to get on and have low costs, low hassle they don't want to have to deal with oil changes and valves and gear trains and but they they don't have that expectation they have the expectation that they can get on and 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 have an Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, right. I want to be able to Instagram and post it and have full digital control and it needs to be maintenance free and it needs to be better and it needs to be faster and it needs to be cheaper to run. that That's the definition of simple young men, I think. I love it. I love it. They're all over it. Now, look, we're talking an awful lot about electric bikes to our sort of solar,
1: solar community you know, out there, and most of them would probably be riding utes, driving utes and, and vans and things like that. Now, I've seen a few motorcycles go down to the local beach here and they've got the little sort of um things there they can sort of strap on the boards and the side and things like that, and it's fantastic I it means you don't have to worry about parking spots. Yep. Do you reckon you can use those same things to carry around a few solar panels to your customers? Oh, I
2: have seen... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just trying
1: to—I'm just trying to sort of link the two now between sort of solar and the and electric. You know, well, electric, the beauty so. of
2: software, Giles, is it's all in my computer. So all I need is my computer <laughs> and my back, to, uh, my laptop, and I can deliver uh, savings to every customer I visit. But, um, but uh, there are plenty of examples of electric motorcycles. In fact, I saw a Harley Livewire on online on the Facebook owners group uh, the other day that indeed had the surfboard rack on there. He had a surfboard on there, no problem at all. Solar panels a little bit more challenging, but. Uh, you know, where there's a will, where there's a will, where there's has to be,
1: has got to be a, a way. Ah, uh, look, fantastic. Well, Nigel, I hope you enjoy your two weeks of um of of live wire, and I look forward to your review. Um and um, yeah, be be fantastic, be fantastic. Now, do we have anything else for the um, listeners before we um before we wind up for the. For I think days. that's
2: enough. I think that's enough. I mean, obviously, we've got lockdown um, sort of, uh, you know, looming over the top of Sydney. And, um, you know, uh, there are cases popping up around the place. So, you know, stay safe, everyone. Um, You know, I think we, over the next week or two, siders and Greater New South Wales uh, particularly is going to have to be very, very careful so that we don't end up in a deeper state of of lockdown. Um, We've got some tough times for the next week or so. And there's a bunch of different... Um, scenarios that are presenting in front of us, but it's getting pretty serious. So uh, stay safe, everyone. Um, ride the wave, as someone very wise said to me, a good friend of mine said to me the other day, he said, I tried to fight this. I got stopped at the border. I couldn't get across because I was in a bad zone and I realised I couldn't fight it. I just had to roll with it and accept that uh, overall, Australia has been very, very lucky. Uh, it's painful. It's expensive. It's There's nothing good about it. I'm supposed to be at a wedding and my niece's wedding in uh, in Brisbane tomorrow, good luck, Larissa um, and Jordan. I hope the wedding goes really well. I can't go. Um, and, and we all have to roll with these kinds of punches in the name of um, community safety. So um, stay safe and and, and, and be sensible. Couldn't have said a bit of myself, Nigel.
1: Um, thank you very much. Um, thank you very much to all our listeners. Thank you, of course, to our, um, sponsors. Um, once again, Clean Energy, SunWees and Solar Analytics. Nigel, you have another episode of Great Solar Business coming up next week.
2: I certainly do um, and, and in fact uh, we went right to the street and interviewed a bunch of installers when I was down in Adelaide so I've got some really nice gritty, you know what's it like to run a business, what are the challenges you're facing kind of conversations coming up in the next episode Fantastic, look
1: forward to that, um, check out also as a reminder um, the interview with uh, Chris Bowen in Energy Insiders and um, we'll be back again in fortnight, for now
0: Solar Insiders was brought to you by Clenergy, the providers of high quality mounting systems for residential, commercial and utility scale solar projects. With in house engineering and projects divisions, Clenergy provides a unique edge with its expert advice. Let Clenergy find the right framework for any solar application. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider for the solar and storage industry. SunWiz's partnership with OpenSolar will amplify the value delivered by their world leading solar software platform. With pro setup, training and assistance, run your business at maximum velocity. Visit Sumwiz.com.au. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by Solar Analytics, helping solar retailers deliver more value, win happier customers and generate more sales through referrals and upsell. Get more from solar. Visit solaranalytics.com.au.